Hey there, triathlete. Welcome to the Triathlete Mindset Podcast, where we explore effective training mindsets, life's challenges, and provide you with real-life strategies to help you become a stronger triathlete. Here is your host, Coach Morgan, the People's Coach. All right, Angie, here we go. We are about to start another episode of that Triathlete Mindset, and we have if you heard what I said, I said Angie Jackson is on the podcast today and she's going to tell us some stories about her journey, our journey together, things that she wants to do now, in the future, things she's done. And you got to stay tuned because your journey could be just as amazing as hers. You just got to be as committed as she is. Angie, how are you doing? Hello, coach. Hello. I am doing very well. I'm sorry. I'm still, well. I'm still on a high. I'm still on a high. You should be on a high. <laughs> I mean, we got we on, we on this a video call. Only people going to see the audio, but you got your finishers shirt on. You got your finishers hat on. Yes, I you do. F- do you feel the energy still? I totally feel the energy. I totally feel the energy. And it's so much so because with my journey and we're going to talk about it, but being two years at work, they knew about me training and being away from work. So coming back, also getting all of the accolades still coming back from work. So at this point, I am still on a very, very natural high. I like it. You should be on the high. You did something amazing. You are an Iron Man. You know what I mean? (laughs) (laughs) And that's that. most of us that are listening probably have crossed the finish line. There's some of us that have not. But one thing we all do have in common is we started triathlon somewhere. And so tell me a little bit about like who you are. Matter of fact, you ain't telling me who you are because I know. Tell them who you are. And they see you post on what's that pathetic triathletes. Right. Yes. And then on Facebook, on Instagram, you do you've been doing your lives lately. But tell them and share with them who you are. Angie, Angela Jackson. Well, as my dad still calls me baby girl and my mom calls me beautiful. I'm a 51 year old Mimi of two. I am a nurse. I'm a nurse educator, but I'm also an ER nurse. And so I'm on my feet teaching all day, whether it's teaching how to save a life for an adult, a child, or an infant, or actually saving lives for someone whose heart has stopped where I'm performing the CPR. That's what I'm doing on a daily basis. But before I was a Mimi of two, which is my tagline, I am a mom of three. So I have a wonderful son who I always say that I'm his number one fan and he called himself mama's boy. But then I have two incredible daughters. So with my oldest daughter, she is the mom of Chomp Chomp. (laughs) And she's been getting a lot of leeway lately because she was the videographer for my live at Maryland. And everyone absolutely loved her, how she did the commentary and kept everyone engaged and just been a very, very huge support. And then I have a son, like I said, and then I have a youngest daughter who is, well, my two youngest children are in the military. So I was a military wife for many years, but never active at all. Never, you know, married to <laughs> married to a soldier. But when he used to say fun run, I used to be like, oh, my God, what could be fun about running? Uh- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Everybody has that. Like, oh, you do you enjoy running? And then you have to think like it's enjoy and running 
doesn't go together for everybody. It's like saying I had a great time at the dentist. <laughs> yeah, but I will tell you that in anything that I am or do, I really am very passionate about. Passionate about work, passionate about family, and just really passionate about life. But who am I? You know what? I say it very humbly. I'm just a black girl from Philly trying to make a difference. That's who I am. And when my daughter told me she was pregnant, my oldest daughter, who is Chomp Chomp's mom, I just wanted to be the best that I could be for my grandchild that was in the womb, which was heart healthy. And that's basically where I started with nothing, nothing at all, but wanting to be heart healthy as a grandmother. Heart healthy, for sure. No matter if you were trained or not, it seems like even when I met you, you still had a lot of energy. Our first day meeting in the pool, you pull up to Courts Plus in Jacksonville, North Carolina, and you drove down, what, two and a half hours from Fayetteville. And that's when we met for the first time. And it was very interesting because you had a lot of energy, but you had also had a whole lot of nervous energy. Yeah. And when we got when we started talking about the pool, the whole reason you came down is so we can get in the pool. And you thought I was the one that could change your life. How did that day go for you? Well, coach, I'm going to be very candid. And people, of course, if they're listening to you, they know who you are and the caliber of a person, not just a coach that you are. So with me being very transparent in my postings, I put out that I am extremely scared to cross the black line and the bottom of the pool, like terrified, very anxious. And there were people all across the world. I mean, because it was, you know, people in other countries, but all across the United States that kept saying, you know what, contact this guy here, contact Morgan and he can help you. And honestly, I had actually looked at going to another triathlon coach. Like I was going to go to another triathlon coach. And I said, man, this person's supposed to be so great. I'm going to reach out to him. I bet he won't even call me back. And then as soon as I text you, you responded back, but you didn't talk about what was my problem in the pool. You knew that the problem in my pool would transpire to something that was in my life. And that was it. I mean, it was like, I need to meet this man. I need to meet this coach. So how was that for the first day? You know how it was. I was terrified. <laughs> you, put, you put the damn chairs at the edge of the pool at the deep end. I didn't even realize I was scared to even sit at the deep end of the pool, let alone swim. Yeah. Gosh, even now reliving that, I have anxiety of how it felt sitting at the edge of the deep end. And we talked for probably a half an hour to an hour before we even got in the water. Yeah. And that's the biggest part, right? And the reason I set the chair there was just to see your mannerisms. Where was your fear? We had already talked, we met outside and we messaged back and forth and we had a, a little connection, but you gave me the energy. Not Will everybody be set at the end of the pool? No, not everyone. Because some people, that's too much. But you had already been in the water. You just didn't want to cross that black line. That black line was like, <laughs> I ain't going over there. That's a whole nother country, right? It's a third world country. And you refused to. And I couldn't, I remember that energy because you really wasn't paying attention to me. We were sitting in the chair, but you kept looking at the water. I literally yeah. have stories about you when I'm teaching adult learn to swim classes to other instructors. And sometimes people can't fathom what fear does to you. It literally changes you. Just like positive change transcends 
right? Negative does too. So you had this really deep fear of the water and it really the water had to, at that point had done anything to you. <laughs> right? You ain't you're not drowned victim. You ain't you didn't get bit by you didn't fall off a boat. You didn't sink in the Titanic. You just was like I ain't supposed to be over there, but it showed me like how tough you are. Right. And that conversation gave me the ability to see your resilience. And so wow. I knew that I could push you more. Wow. Yeah. I can't talk to everybody like I talked to Angie. I can tell you that right now. Some <laughs> of my athletes, if, y'all, if they're going to be listening to this, I do not talk to everybody the same way because some people can't take tough love. Some people can't, hey, hey no, this is where it is. Like, but for me, one, we kind of have having similar backgrounds of growing up and then me being in the military ain't too many tough cookies. I can't crack, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so, but you got in that pool that day and I remember you getting in, we always swam towards, you know, we did a little technique, go ahead and swim. And I say, you can make it down there. You can do it. And we spent at least an hour deciding yeah. to go to the deep end. Yeah. It was very that? scary. Yeah. Scary. Describe the black line to me. If you can recall that feeling that you had, what did it feel like? What did it seem to be? That black line seemed to be almost like a brick wall or some sort of a tunnel or something where I would, I felt like if I crossed it, I could lose my life, but almost instantaneously. I, if I really have a hard time of describing it. it, it really was like a brick wall because I could swim, swim, swim and get to the black line and abruptly stop. <laughs> like, yeah. like it was as if I could not move any further. Like the fear had paralyzed me where I could not even put a toe or a leg across the black line where one side of the black line, I could stand up fine. But on the other side, of course, I'd be on my tiptoes. But even just approaching it, the fear was so intense that it caused me to pause and to stop. Yeah. But that same day, we swam in the deep end, didn't we? Or did we that same? I said, What I when you came down, I promised you, I said, You will swim today before you. I even met you. I said, You come down to see me, I guarantee you will swim. You said, Well, let's see, let's see. Because you heard me say you pissed me off because you told me you're stopping at the black line because it's your choice, you choose to stop. And I was like, Don't be telling me it's my choice. (laughs) (laughs) You wanted to be, you wanted to be, everybody wants it to be this other thing. When I tell people that. It's you like the water can't make a choice like it's there. It ain't going to do nothing. So it is a choice. And you came down and when you crossed it, what was going through your mind? When I crossed the black line, there was such a elation. And then, to be honest, a disappointment (laughs) because it was like, why was I so scared (laughs) for so long? What I was saying, (laughs) choice. Yeah, it was like disappointment in myself. Like, oh, that's it? Yeah. Yeah. And then the rest was history. And then we started training for your first half Ironman. And yes, I don't think I've ever been as nervous as that day. I'm like watching the Ironman tracker. And I just need, like, like I always tell you before the race, just get out. 108.59. Yep. Just get out the water, Angie. You got to swim, Angie. Just get out the water. And I'm talking to my phone, like, come on, push, pull. Like, you know, I'm like, like, you can hear me. 
And then you got out. I was like, oh, and, and it was like because I couldn't do anything else the rest of the day until you crossed that line. And it was like I was tracking it every second. And as soon as you got out, I was like, oh, I'm going to eat now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It was crazy, yeah. man. And when you my what, swims, though, coach, I will tell you, <laughs> my swims, all of my races have been one for the books. I mean, each swim has been so crazy of things that happen like each and every time that I'm astonished with myself that I was able to make it through the swims because none of the swims were easy. Let me get some, let me get, hold on. Let me give you a background of this. We training and she's in lava pants and buoys and fins. I was like, you gotta get rid of that stuff. Cause guess what? Like there's a possibility you might not be. And I, I did the same thing for the fool. I'm like, I, but we had to get to a point where I had to let her wear it because she needed, she doesn't have the strength. You know what I mean? And you're getting better at it. You're getting stronger. Obviously you couldn't even swim. I remember you couldn't swim 50. You just swim 4,400 yards. Right. But like 47. Sorry. Oh yeah. That's because you did it extra, but, (laughs) but that was the thing, right? We did it hard. Boom, 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 swim, swim, swim. And, And like, People see you conquer it and, and that finish line, but we always were like right there at that cutoff. And I'm like, Angie, you got to swim. Like that's the part where the tough love came. came oh, I'm tired. I don't care. You are not going to make it if you back off. And during some of those swims, you, I wouldn't say you have asked it, but sometimes you stop for other reasons. You know, it could have mm-hmm. been kids in the pool or you had a hard mental day. And I'm mm-hmm. like, on race day, you can't afford to have that thought. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And that's that in itself. It's like you put your every time we hit the race, you put game face on. The last month leading up to it, I think I say, Angie, just swim. Swim like that. Swim mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. And then you get out there. Out of all the times you've had interrupted swims on race day, you don't stop. You just swim. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Keep moving forward no matter what. I will tell you that, and I said it in one of my podcasts, my race day was easy because my trainings were hard. And I said, and that's why I love my coach. But I want to tell you about one of the swims when I was having a very bad mental day. And you got to talk to me a different way than other people. And so do my friends. So when I didn't want to do a swim one day, our girlfriend, Annette, who's 12 time now, Ironman finisher, she literally called me the B word and told me, get in your car and go to the pool. And I did because I was going to lie to you. Because I didn't want to swim. <laughs> I'd have, I'd have, I'd have found said, out, I though. She said, I will not get off this phone until you go to the pool. And this was like two weeks before race day. And that was one of my hardest and best swims. And that's where you like it, it immediately uploaded and you were like, swim like that. And the reason why I get choked and talking about race day is because I believe like that training that day when I was like mentally out of it and I had someone say, get your ass in there. And then you're like, swim like that. That was that strength day, that training day that I needed to get me across the finish line to swim finish, to do that extra 500. When I was at swim finish to be able to go the second loop, I had no doubt in my mind because I knew I had the strength and it was those days. Yeah. It's always those days, the days that are the hardest and people don't understand it. Like I have a lot of you race with two other athletes uh, and both of those young ladies had a phenomenal day too. 
right? Yes, they, they had a phenomenal day too. And we're going to have them on one of these podcasts as well. And most people know I ain't actually, I ain't done a podcast in a while for myself, but try to say mindset, but I said, I got to put my people on here because people are always listening and they all have stories and you all are amazing. once you got that water that was i was like i was talking to another athlete in virginia and i told her i was like if she gets out that water i ain't worried about nothing i know she can run inside and i know she ain't gonna stop moving i just need her to get out the water and angie that is that is the first time i've ever cried for an athlete ever in my life and i was so i was in flagstaff arizona coaching and I had to be up early because y'all three hours ahead of me. And I was yeah. like sitting there, it was like four or something. And I'm watching them, you, you, you know, you swim and I'm sitting there in this Airbnb is watching. And then I put up Facebook. Your daughter was there with the camera. And I was, I see like one person, did, but I've volunteer directed like, you know, Ironman races. So I can tell when the last person's coming because all the kayaks started to bunch up and come in. Right. Cause mm-hmm. they, they follow that last person. That was me. I was like, damn, like I never one, one another one. I ain't never had an athlete be the last one out of the water ever. Right. And so I'm like, that better be Angie. She better not be behind those kayaks. And everybody was like, swim, swim. And just like, come on. And you got out that water. And I looked at the clock. I said, oh, yeah, we still got time. And I just I just yeah. thought I was like, even now it does something to me. It was so I was so happy for you. Thank you. I was so Thank happy you. for her because I was like, oh, she's going to be Iron Man. Yeah. That's it. Like, I, And people Thank are like, you. oh, you go, you believe me, I have my doubts. I'm like, because if shit go wrong in that swim, that we're so close to the line, it can yeah. go either way. Like, I'm a realist. I'm not going to tell you right. something. And you're like, why are you telling me that? I remember trade. I was like, hey, you went A, B, and C. And I told you the worst case scenario. And yeah. you was like, man, you was like, why are you telling me that? So you can deal with it right now. Yeah. Let's deal with it right now. Let's get your head out of out of doubt. And let's deal. Where, yeah, there were other races where you was like, do you want to pull out this race? Because you haven't been swimming. And I was like, hell no. Give it to me. <laughs> <laughs> Coach, when I got out of that water, my next exact words were, I am going to enjoy my day. I knew at that point that I was an Ironman. So only thing I needed to do was enjoy my day. I had the fitness because you already knew that I had the fitness for cycling and for running. So it was nothing to do but enjoy the rest of my day. And then the great thing is about, you know, one thing about when I coach athletes and I got some new people that are coming on in the next few months that you hear the stories about how they work with other coaches. Right. And Mm -hmm. and I listen, but I can't be worried about that because I have to do me. And our connection, it's like all the rest of my athletes, I know y'all. Like, I don't just coach you. I know you. Right. There's a difference. And with me understanding who you are, I understand what I need to give you. Mm -hmm. And your training looked different. I remember even showing you some of the charts and your training was different, but you still saw how you were building. And I say these things because I want you to kind of tell them about some of the, (laughs) if you can remember some of the days you was like, what the F? Are you trying to kill me? Right. Yeah. You would say things like that. I, uh, even uh, we, you did uh, one love century and I gave you that 20 mm-hmm. mile run a day after you was oh like, what God. the hell is this? <laughs> you will be Iron Man, don't you? <laughs> well, first thing is I am 
not a really a strong person. So for you to in, put the strength training <laughs> in my repertoire, doing the box jumps and the air squats and all of it, I was calling it the BS. Oh my gosh. But I guess that really, really helped me with the bike and the run. But all of those were extremely hard, especially because those days that I had the gym days were on Thursdays. And then I would have my long bike ride on Saturdays. And you would think that's not that close, but my, my legs and my butt, everything was <laughs> burning still on Saturday. And I used to like almost cry. And the, the two other athletes that I was training with, they will tell you, I bitch whined and moaned for the first 20 miles, 30 miles, 40 miles, because I was saying my legs hurt so bad trying to cycle after still recovering basically from leg day. But you didn't say anything to me <laughs> when I signed up for the One Love Century Ride because evidently I was his poor planning. I didn't look at the elevation. And Maryland is a flat route. And where I live is a flat route. And One Love Century had over 5,000 feet of elevation. And they yeah. had 10% to 12% inclines a lot of places. And all I knew was like 3% or 4%. And you was like, oh, that's not bad. If it was going to be like seven, I'd be concerned. And so the next morning when I was like, oh God, it's 10%, it's 12%. You know, I wanted to back out, but I knew I still had to have a century ride under my belt for that weekend. And you mm -hmm. told me to just enjoy. And I think that's what was the biggest thing because with you not putting any pressure on me, it allowed me to, now, granted, I put the pressure on myself because I was really doing it. Like I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't eased up on it. But it's a difference between me letting you down and letting myself down. So for you not to say, I need you to maintain this or that, you just said, enjoy yourself. It's 100 miles on the bike, get your nutrition together. And the next day you got to run 20. <laughs> oh my God. So yeah, running 20 miles after climbing 5,000 feet when I've never did that type of climb before. I thought you were, I ain't going to tell you what I call how that, But how that run go though? That was one of the best runs. Yeah, I was singing. Exactly. And, exactly. Oh, it was a beautiful run. I had my nutrition. Those are the things that you were telling me that, a lot of athletes don't realize is how nutrition really is that fourth discipline. And the one day when you were telling us to weigh ourselves and I came back to you to tell you how much weight I lost and you started calculating, you need this amount of sodium. And you, you know, you went all crazy, not crazy in a negative way, <laughs> but you were telling me you need to have this and that and this and that, which made me totally change up my nutrition. And that was key. It was the key. Like I could totally tell how it changed my trainings and yeah that 20 mile run afterwards yeah i ran that it was it was great hold on that we talk about nutrition that loop that your body went through when we went into menopause oh my god mid training for, for iron man and your body was like oh yeah, yeah i'm gonna change everything up on you yeah <laughs> hot flashes at all how did yeah. that go having hot flashes you realize that i needed more protein because i'm like i'm just needing burgers or you know <laughs> like my body change i was having migraines being nauseous cramping it was it was really really bad you as had soon to as do, you, i was a lot yeah but you nailed it like you made it that's i remember when i first met you 
watching. I remember you because you, you you drove to there. You had cookies and cakes in the car. Yeah. You had all, mm-hmm. you, and then you like to drink liquor. You wanted to go uh-huh. eat everything. Yeah. And then when menopause hit, you shifted and you went really clean. You really yeah. started to be. I mean, I think you stopped drinking alcohol for a while. I did. With me training, I stopped drinking alcohol. I just started back again since I had my Iron Man. But uh. <laughs> I bet you did. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I don't know if it's a thing about race alcoholics or something, but yeah. Yeah, there's a thing that it is. So what's next for you? What races are we telling people about? Because I know what you're trying to do, but there's two yeah. big things that you have set out for in the future that we're going to go after. Well, the race that's coming up now, you're not talking about the swim lake for the relay team. You're talking about my future. I'm talking about some real challenges. Like, yeah, you doing the swim leg of a a relay is not a real challenge. (laughs) No, no, it's not. But I'm going to race that thing. I Um, believe it. What I really want to do, because running is my first love. I don't want to cry. But I love to run. Why not? Cry on the videos are so daggone sappy. I hate having a looking at a snotty nose. Oh, but this isn't you can't see. No, it. yeah, we're not looking at the video. I, I really do want to try to be fast enough to qualify for Boston. Mm. I really do. You and heard I it know here that, first. <laughs> <laughs> and I definitely want to go back to Ironman Merlin for next year. Like that's a definite. And one of the reasons why is because. I want to best my time by at least an hour. I know that I'm going to be in fighting shape <laughs> when I say fighting shape, because we was we were fighting in the top tank like it was blows being thrown. But I got pushed to swim finish by the very, very fast athletes. So for me to know how I need to position my body to go to that last turn buoy, that will take an extra 15 to 20 minutes right there off of my swim. And then for the bike, even though I maintained 17 miles an hour, I was not pushing it at all. I mean, mm-hmm. not, I'm not exaggerating. It was as if it was free speed. And I just didn't know how I would feel after running. I mean, after cycling 112 for running. So I just hung out with a girl and we just did a three, two as far as running and a three, two of run, walk three, two, which I could have been so much faster. So I just want to best my time and enjoy that course. But my goal is to have five full Ironman distances under my belt by the age of 55 or during the year of 55. So that means just four more. We got four more years, right? We got four more years, four more fools. And we already talked about it. We ain't training for BQ and the fool at the same time. Like, you know, we we got to go. We we can, but it's just, I like to be focused. The specificity is everything in this sport. So if we're going to do it, let's do it. But if we're going to BQ, I was actually, while you're talking, I was pulling up the 50 to 54. We got to go 355 or fast. 958. Yeah, it's a 958. Minute per mile. But, but we got to go. But we got to go deeper than that, because so people don't understand about Boston qualifier. The qualifying time is three fifty five, but yeah. there's only so many slots for right. the women of that age group. So right. the faster you go, the more likely you're going to get selected. So we right. can't just go three fifty five. We have to be at our best. What that is, we have to see. But I think it's doable. I really do. I think it's doable. 
Mm-hmm. Matter of fact, I'm going to go. I'll say it on here. If you qualify for Boston, I will come in Sherpa. Oh, my God. Okay. I will come in Sherpa. I will come out to Boston, and we're going to party once you cross that finish line. I can tell you that. We're going to be in Boston. Well, Angie, we've had a long road together. I know we got a longer one ahead of us, and we got a lot of things that we're going to do. And you have what I always tell you, and I wanted to say this so people can hear, like, because we have a lot of conversations, just me and you. And I always tell athletes, because a lot of athletes like, oh, coach, you didn't call me. Coach, you didn't leave a comment. I was like, well, this ain't my party only. Like, this is me and your party. So if you want something from me, you have to engage. And the athletes that have the best experiences with my coaching is the ones that want two-way communication. I don't mind reaching out. I'll text you. It ain't always be positive. Cause I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Why are you didn't do this? You need to do that. And sometimes I'm just going to say, hey, what's going on? How are you doing? But what was good about us is that you were able to give me the feedback. You were able to talk to me, tell you, cause your schedule was crazy. I remember we was, you was working in the ER during COVID and people were yeah. passing away. And yeah. so you had, you know, I had to give you days off just to not cause of physical. Yeah, it was oh mental. my God. It was, yeah, I remember yeah. that, but that's how you, when you know your athlete and you have conversations with, because we didn't talk on a regular basis or I didn't talk to cat on a regular basis or, or, you know, all these different people then I wouldn't know what's going on with you because you don't know that you could tell it to me because in this world, most people don't share that type of information. I always tell athletes, especially female athletes, like, I didn't know your the TMI, the stuff that you don't tell nobody else, I need to know because that mm-hmm. stuff affects you. And I want to let you know that I appreciate you for that. That makes oh, my you. job so much easier, right? Mm-hmm. My job, I don't, And I don't even feel my job is hard, but I can't help you until you help yourself. Right. Because at the end of the day, I can't race for you, but I will right. give you every tool that I know and I have to make you successful. You, I can guarantee you that. And I want you to know that, that and I'll say it again. I appreciate you. Our relationship that we have, our talks that we have, have made this a blessing. And, mm-hmm. you know, you've brought athletes my way and you have more friends. And now we're going to Team Varlo in 2023, yes. Yes, right, together. We on the same team together, yes. right? And so all these things are, it's because we are meant to be in the place that we are right now. Our relationship was meant to happen. I appreciate you. I love you. You're an amazing you person. Too. You believed in me when I did not have it to believe in myself. And your belief was so strong, so overwhelming that it was nothing for me to do, but to believe you believing in me. So thank you. Oh, that's deep. I hope y'all ready for that. Believing in you, believing in me. <laughs> <laughs> so we about to wrap this up. You know, we got to get out of here. And I know you have a lot of followers, but I want you to share with them something that you ain't said in no other podcast. You ain't said on no other channel of when you're doing your lives. And mm-hmm. but I want you to tell them what it means to cross that finish line. One of the things that I have said about is trust your training. But I will tell you that if you bullshit, oh, I'm sorry. No, you can cuss. Go ahead. If you you half ass your training, don't think that you're going to be able to cross the finish line. The reason why it was so special to me to cross that finish line is because. Every training, no matter whether I cussed you out 
when I'm like, how in the hell does he think that I'm going to be able to do this? I don't have the time to do this. I don't have the energy, but I stuck it out. I was consistent and I sacrificed so much. So the culmination of all of those sacrifices, all of those consistencies, all of that persistence and me putting my all into it was realized with them saying, I am an Iron Man. And it all goes back to one thing, a choice. And you made that choice and you are Iron Man, Angie, and we appreciate you. All right, everybody, we are out of here. But remember, forward is a pace. Consistency is key. Intent is everything. You are enough. You just got to believe it. Thank you. See you guys later. Say bye. Say bye. Bye, everyone. See y'all. Thank you for listening. Find Coach Morgan on social media and at www.morganlattimore.com. Check back every two weeks for new and insightful episodes. Until next time, remember, you are enough. You just have to believe it. Believe it.